Hallelujah. Did you enjoy that praise and worship? Man, I did. Thank you, worship team. It means a lot when you can have musicians like that take you into the presence of God. Amen? Hallelujah. If you brought a Bible this morning, uh, please turn to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 6. Like Pastor David said, we're in a... uh, a series that we're starting, and actually this is, uh, it's called The Blessed Life. Pastor Robert Morse from Gateway Church wrote a book about The Blessed Life and, you know, did a series on that, and so we're using his material um, because it's, it's, you know, truth is truth wherever you find it. Amen? So this is good stuff. So today, what we're going to talk about, the title of the message is, It's All About the Heart. Amen? It's all about the heart. So we're going to look at this scripture here in just a second, but we're going to pray first. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this amazing worship service today. God, I thank you that you've already begun moving on people's hearts. Revelation is coming. Healing is coming. People, people's bodies and, and hearts and minds are being touched by your spirit here today. Holy Spirit, we say you have free reign here today. Lord, I thank you for bringing to my remembrance every scripture, every illustration that you would have me to share. We'll be quick to give you the praise and the glory for everything that's wrought here today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me set my timer real quick. Don't want to go too long. I could preach for an hour or two. All right, in the book of Luke, chapter 6, Well, help it be in the right book. There we go, Luke chapter 6. It starts in verse 20. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but verse 38 says this. And you're probably going to be really familiar with this because preachers, pastors, evangelists, missionaries, they all use this scripture. It says, Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give it into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. And that's shouting message, right? Give and it will be given unto you. But one of the things that uh, Paul Gibbs um, taught us in his training, he was here recently, so you have to take things in context. So, you know, you can use this in a money context, but that's not the context that it was in. It actually starts in verse 20, and Jesus is talking to the people And it's the Beatitudes of the heart. It's the Beatitudes of the heart. Verse 27, Jesus says this, But I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Well, that's a a twist, isn't it? Bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. In verse 35, I'm going to skip down there, it says, Love your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And you shall be the children of the highest, for he is what? He is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. I'm reading from King James. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, verse 37, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. And then it shows up. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. The Bible says, and I think it's in Galatians, is God's not mocked. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap, right? So in the context of this, many times, I'll just say for myself, because I know you guys are perfect, 
that when I'm driving in traffic, I tend to give judgment and condemnation. What were you thinking? It pulled right out in front of me. Oh, because you thought you could, huh? You just felt like you could get away with it. You know what I mean? We give that. And guess what? God's not mocked. Whatever you give is what, whatever you sow is what you're going to reap, right? Usually by the next intersection, I've committed the same sin that the person in front of me did. But it says here, you know, if you give judgment, you're going to get judgment. If you give condemnation, you're going to get condemnation. If you give forgiveness, you're going to get forgiveness, right? But also, let's look at the, the context, verse 35, 36, 37, that you can give kindness, right? You can give kindness. You can give mercy. You can give forgiveness. Those are all things that we can give. So today we're going to talk about it's all about the heart because God is concerned about our hearts, right? In the story about uh, King David in 1 Samuel chapter 16, you can read it later on. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, um, the prophet Samuel was sent to go anoint the next king for Israel. So Jesse, he had a bunch of sons, and he starts pulling them out one by one. And he has, you know, this one really handsome, you know, tall-looking guy, and, you know, just he looked like he was muscular and everything. And Samuel thought, for sure, this is the guy. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? He looks at the heart. I believe the Apostle Paul refers to it as the hidden man of the heart, not, not our physical pump, but the hidden man of the heart. God is interested in our heart for good reason. Out of it flow the issues of life, right? And it says later on in the book of Acts, you can read it, it says of David that he was a man after God's own heart because God said, I know he will fulfill all of my will. What's God's will? To be kind, to be merciful, to be forgiving, right? So we're gonna go over four points today. And if you're taking notes, point number one is deal, we have to deal with a selfish heart. We have to deal with a selfish heart. You know, God doesn't have a selfish heart, does he? Okay, does God have a selfish heart? Just because you didn't get what you wanted necessarily doesn't mean God has a selfish heart when you're praying for something. It says in, in Luke, we read this, that God is kind to the unthankful and the evil. He doesn't have to be, but he is. So many times it's very difficult for me, I'll just use me, my context, to be uh, kind when my kids have been unthankful and ungrateful. Your kids ever act that way? Your grandkids ever act that way? Makes you feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside, doesn't it? Makes you feel like doing more things, more kind things for them. No. God is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. He wants us to emulate him, to be like him. In Psalm 145, verse 16, Psalm 145, verse 16, it says this, God opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. God opens his hand and gives you the desires of your hearts, what the scripture says. He's not selfish. But you know what? 
As human beings, when we wake up in the morning, nobody has to program us and tell us, you should be selfish today. Our flesh is just selfish. I want what I want, and I want it now. Right? And we have to control that. We have to deal with a selfish heart. You know, selfish hands are closed-fisted. They're just like this. It's mine, and you ain't getting any of it. We all got quiet. This is a really joyful message. But giving hands are open. And Pastor Walt talks about that. He's talked about that for years, that he, he's tried, he and Miss Joanne have tried to live with their hands open, whatever the Lord wants to do. Because if God can get it through you, he can get it to you, right? But if my hand's closed-fisted, I can't get anything else. So, you know, it's been a while since I had a good illustration. And I thought I'd bring this one. Isn't this pretty? This is an orange. And this is kind of pink, a pink vase. And you may know this, but if you want to catch a monkey in the Philippines... Or if you want to catch a monkey in India, the way they do it is they take a gourd or a jar or something like this, and they stick some delicious fruit on the inside of it. They tie a rope around the neck of it, and they tie it to a tree. And monkeys are very curious. And they'll come over. You can, you can look at this, uh, search this on uh, YouTube. It's out there. Monkey will go in there and grab that fruit, and guess what? Once you close your fist, you can't get it out. Selfishness is just like that. It will trap you. And you know what? That monkey was never shot. He wasn't, uh, you know, poisoned or anything like that. He just like, if you watch the YouTube video, he is screaming, you know, and guy's coming right up to him, just walks up. Because the monkey's too dumb, too selfish to let go. To save his life, all he has to do is let go. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, that was deep. That was deep truth right there. Some of us, to save our lives, we're going to have to let go. And I don't know what God's dealing with you about right now, but I know in your brain it went, do, 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 boom, boom. you know, because sometimes we just hold on to stuff. It's mine. You know what? There is not a single thing, the Scripture says, there's not a single thing that you brought into this world. And the Scripture says, it's certain you ain't t- taking nothing out with you. All that fancy jewelry, fine clothes, nice car, pickup truck, whatever it may be, You ain't taking it with you. Right? Well, this is good preaching. Hallelujah. So in Luke chapter 6, we should be giving mercy. We should be giving kindness. We should be giving love, giving goodness. And yeah, you can give money, but the context is here, it's about the attitude of your heart, right? We have to deal with a selfish heart. Psalm 24 Verse 1, Psalm 24, verse 1 says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God himself said, all the gold and the silver is mine. Anything that we have, we receive from who? From God. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you may say, well, I, I carved this out of wood. I went and cut the tree down and I, carved, I made this. Well, where'd you get the wood from? From the tree? Who, who planted the tree? Who, who created the tree? You know, it, it all goes back to God. So we have to deal with a selfish heart. Point number two, we have to deal with a grieving heart. A grieving heart. 
If you're writing scriptures down, you can write down Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10. We have to deal with a grieving heart. Now, when you read the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 15, it's talking about the year of release, the seventh year, where the Lord said you're going to forgive people's debts, you know, and if there's poor among you, you know, you need to give to them. So in verse 10, it says this, you shall surely give to him, to the poor, and your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. Your heart should not be grieved when you give to him. But because for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and in all which you put your hand to do. That when you give, you should not be grieved. I looked up that word grieved in, in the uh, original language, and it was very interesting. At first I thought, that doesn't make any sense. But it literally means this, besides being sad. It means to take something and smash it. To spoil it. And think about that. If you give something to somebody and then you're grieved because you gave it to them, you've never done that, right? It's just like you took that gift and you smashed it and spoiled it. God can't bless that, can he? Now, did it affect the other person? Nah. They took that $100 or whatever it was you gave them. But it affected you, didn't it? Man, you all got quiet. This is a really good message. It's about the heart. Hallelujah. So I remember years ago, I had a good friend, and he and his family, they were taken off to, uh, to go on vacation, and um, just out of the blue, God prompted me. And a lot of times he speaks to me. He'll, he'll speak to me, or he'll, he'll speak to me, and he'll show me an image. And uh, I ha had had this safe, had this safe at the house. It was a big old safe I inherited from my parents. They got rid of it. It was on wheels, you know. It's like something from the old Western thing. And... Uh, and I had decided at some point that I probably should start pigeonholing some money. So I had pigeonholed $1,000 in the safe. And God said, give him that $1,000. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that was God. I know that was God. Because <laughs> that wasn't my flesh. So I went and got the $1,000. And um, anyway, so I, I gave it to this uh, individual as, as they left to go on vacation. And so prayed blessings, you know, and, and I felt good about giving. And then when they came back from vacation, this individual told me that they had given that money to somebody else. And for the briefest second, I entered into grief. Have you ever done that when you give something to somebody? And maybe they didn't receive it the way you wanted it re received or, or they didn't do with it what you thought they should do with it. But here's the truth. Once you release it, is it yours anymore? You release it in faith. The same way you got it. He released it in faith. And I was like, whoa, Daniel, stop. Don't let that grieving heart get a hold of you. I gave it in faith. I gave it in love. Maintain the blessing. Don't want it to, to get spoiled by smashing it. Does this, does this make sense? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I remember another time we had a, uh, a young man named Kempo come to our house and what was it in... 2020. It's from Africa. And my wife and the team had gone to Africa um, to go do some work in, um, the, to the lackeys, to lackeys uh, um, place, the ministry that they had there. Anyway, they met this young man, Kempo. Fascinating story. We don't have time to tell you his, his life story, but he was orphaned. 
kicked out of his family because he didn't want to participate in the witchcraft. He got saved. And anyway, he's at our house. He's at our house here in San Angelo, Texas. He's visiting. And um, <laughs> I had two things I had to deal with. Number one, uh, all of our bedrooms were taken. Um, we couldn't really afford to put them up in a hotel. And I thought, I felt bad for him to sleep on the floor. And <clears throat> the Lord spoke to me and said, let him sleep in your prayer house. You've got a bed out there. And I was like, what, what, what? I had to deal with a grieving heart. I said, okay, okay, we're going to do that. Because you know when God speaks to you, it's him, right? So he stays with us a couple days. Right before he gets ready to leave, God started bringing this image to my mind. I like to collect coins and money. And I had collected from the beginning, I think 1986, uh, American Silver Eagles, one-ounce coins. I had them all in a nice book pristine condition and God said give him those coins I said Lord you're, you're tearing me up here I said what and you know it's when, when God's speaking to you you can't say was that God you know that was him and what I was doing was dealing with the grieving heart I had to get that thing under control because I knew instinctively that it wasn't going to be a blessing it would be to him it wouldn't be to me if that seed was spoiled, right? So I had to get it under control. And I went and got it, and you know, and uh, as he was leaving, uh, my wife and I put it in his hands, say, hey, we just want to bless you. He was believing to buy land in Africa and start a church. That's a good investment. Is this making sense? So I was, I was dealing with a grieving heart. I was trying to make sure it didn't creep in because God can't bless that, right? I know you're thinking. Hallelujah. Here's the deal. And I'm going to quote Pastor Robert Morse. Selfishness attacks us before we give, and grief attacks us after we give. I'll say that again. Selfishness attacks us before we give, and grief attacks us after we give. We have to deal with a selfish heart. We have to deal with a grieving heart and not let it creep in, amen? Because that's not God's heart, is it? God is not selfish and he doesn't grieve. Not in that sense. I do remember when he, he, uh, he spoke to Moses. And speaking of which, my good friend Moses is right here on the first row. Raise, raise your hand. Uh, now, th his name really is Moses. And... Uh, he used to live in Wharton, Texas when we lived down there and we were on staff at the church there. Um, he has since moved to Wisconsin. I don't know why. Yeah, Wisconsin, but why, man? No, it's cold up there. <laughs> anyway, he's here visiting because they, hey, they have a brand new great grandbaby here in San Angelo. But anyway, um, you know, the point of the story was that Moses, you know, uh, God was saying, get out of the way, Moses! Because he was a bit greed with the Israelites. I'm going to wipe them out and make a nation out of you. But we have to deal with a grieving heart. Point number three, let's keep moving here. Develop a generous heart. You have to deal with a selfish heart. You have to deal with a grieving heart. Point number three, you have to develop a generous heart. God has a generous heart. He wants us to be like him. He wants, to, wants us to act like him. He is generous. He opens his hand and satisfies every living thing. He's good. He is good. In Luke chapter 6, we read this, verse 35. But love your enemies, do good, and lend 
hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. I remember many, many years ago, back on Jackson Street, when the church first started over there, Pastor John Holler was the senior pastor, and he had this habit. He was very generous, very loving, um, very kind man, just like a big teddy bear, loved on everybody. One of the things that I thought was really curious, I asked him about it one time, was before church would start, he would be in the foyer of the church, and he always had wads of coins in his pocket, and he would pull out a fistful of coins, and the little kids that would come in the church, he'd say, you got any money to put in an offering? Got any money to give? And he said, take what you want. Just take as much as you want. I thought, man. <laughs> so, and so I asked him about, about that one day, and he said, here's the deal. You know, of course, he loves giving. He loves blessing the kids and everything, interacting with them. But he said, someday those kids are going to grow up, and I'm going to need them to take care of me. <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> but he was very generous. He always had a fistful of coins to give the kids. Very open-handed. Have to develop a generous heart. So this past week, my wife and I, um, in the morning, we went to Market Street to the Starbucks there. And we were in the Starbucks and, you know, getting some coffee and a little breakfast uh, sandwich. Um, And so I'm paying out. So I stick my card in the little machine. And as I did, the Spirit of God prompted me, get $20 cash. And I, again, I knew that was God speaking to me. I thought, I don't need $20 cash. (laughs) I I don't owe anybody anything. Um, So I hit it and I got $20 back. But I also knew enough about the way that God operates that somewhere in the future I was going to need that. The very next day, now we don't make a habit of this, but we were at Starbucks uh, on the, uh, over there by HEB. And uh, we, as we were driving up there, there was this transient guy out there, homeless guy, whatever you want to call him. He had a blanket wrapped around him and, and uh, you know, had his stuff in a bundle and Anyway, so I said good morning to him as I walked into the store. He was outside, and then we went up to the front and um, ordered our, our coffee and our, our breakfast. And, and so I noticed he'd come in, and he'd sat down in the corner. So we sat down at the table just a little ways from him, close to him. And so I'm sitting here. Here's the window. My wife's sitting there, and I'm looking at this guy. And I just started praying in the spirit. You know, without thinking about it, I just started praying in the Spirit. She looks at me, and I go, what? She smiled at me, hit us at the same time. Boom, give him the 20. So I got up and went over there and said, hey, how are you doing? I said, are you hungry? Would you like something to eat? And he said, yeah. So I gave him that 20 bucks. But God will prompt you like that. He will prompt you at different times to give things. It may be money. It could be, you know, a nice pink vase. It, it could be something, you know. Um, and we've got to make sure that we're not tight-fisted with it and not grieve about it and make sure that we do it with a generous heart. You can develop a generous heart, you know, because you know, as I'm talking to you, that there are times when you start to give something and you start to cringe a little bit, especially when it's large amounts of money. Hallelujah. Have to develop a generous heart. There was another pastor and his wife, Pastor Terry and Jan Whitley. They used to pastor a a very large church in Colleen, Texas, and we also learned from them what it meant to be generous. It didn't matter whoever was with them or or they went out with. um, 
They were always givers. They were always open-handed. If you were at the restaurant, if you're at the coffee shop, wherever you were at, they always were generous with their time. They were generous with their finances. And we learned a lot from observing them. You know, everything that we have is on loan from the Lord. We're just stewards of it. Remember? You didn't bring anything to this world. You ain't taking anything out. Amen? You know, there may be a test this week in your future. We're sitting here going, yes and amen. <laughs> and who knows, it might be Monday morning, it might be sometime this week, the, the Lord's going to test you. Because a good friend of mine, Harold Levins, used to say this, first there's the professing, and then there's the testing. I remember one time, this is not in my notes, but uh, we were living in Mason, Mason, Texas, and I'll get to that here in a minute. But uh, we were living in the O.H. Mabus house. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. And, and it was built in 1901 by Mrs. Mabus. She was the first, first banker, female banker in the state of Texas. Very wealthy woman. Uh, anyway, we were living in that house, and I'm not going to tell you that story until I get to the next point. But uh, we had to leave that house. And so my wife was said, Mason, Texas is a very small town. Not many, there's more sheep and goats than there are people. But... Uh, she said, well, there's a house I want to go look at. So we went and drove up to this house. We're talking about the professing. We drove up to this house that was up on a hill. I called it the house on the hill. Two-story, 3,000 square feet. We went and toured the house, and as we were driving off, she goes, well, what do you think? What do you think? And I said, I wouldn't live in that house if they gave it to me. <laughs> Guess what? The guy that owned the house said, I want to give that house to you to live in rent-free and it's like the Lord said, so big boy, what are you going to do now? It's like, golly, man, got to eat my words. Everything we have is on loan from the Lord. We're just stewards of it. We're just stewards of it. He has every legal right to say, hey, give that Bible away. Give that jacket away. Give whatever away. Man, I've given all kinds of stuff away. I've given shoes away and... Yeah, anything you can think of, I've given it away. <clears throat> rope. I love giving rope away. Um, number four, point number four. I've got to keep it moving here. People fall asleep on me. Develop a grateful heart. Develop a grateful heart. We talked about you have to deal with a selfish heart. You have to deal with a grieving heart. You have to develop a generous heart. Now we're going to talk about developing a grateful heart. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, Hebrews 13, 15, it says this. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, how many things? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, give thanks. All right, let's go back to the Mabus house. I should have brought a picture of it. I mean, it's, it's a rock house and huge rock, yeah, bricks, square bricks. And the, the walls were two feet thick. It had six fireplaces in it. It was two and a half stories tall. It looked haunted. <laughs> they, I mean, the people in the town, they were like, you, you live in that house? It was old. From 1901, that's when it was built, had it right on the sign. And uh, the guy that rented 
to us. Uh, his wife didn't know that he rented it to us. He rented it to us for $250 a month. It came with a horse that would show up and put its head through the window every morning in the kitchen. It came with a cat we called Frankenstein because one ear was mangled. And um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting house. Birds would fly down the chimney and stuff. And it was just an old house. And the bathroom that we used, I mean, they're like 10-foot, 12-foot ceilings. The bathroom was very cavernous. It was very non-functional. And I remember getting in the shower one day. It had the bathtub and shower, and it had stucco plaster or whatever on the wall, and it had duct tape holding it together. And I thought, okay, this can go very bad or very good, meaning I can get real negative and just, you know, complain. And I thought, no. Control yourself, Daniel. We're going to sow some seed. And so, even though it was horrible, because what we didn't know, we lived in that house for how many months? Six months? It had like a three-foot crawl space underneath the house. What we didn't know was that the the sewer line was busted, and, and that crawl space was filling up with raw sewage. That's why we had to move. Anyway... So I'm in this shower, and, you know, things didn't function really well. It looked nasty. It looked like a Frankenstein shower. Uh, you know, you had to wait for the hot water to show up <laughs> and, uh, and the drain and everything. And, I, and just at that moment, I said, God, you know what? God, I thank you for clean running water. God, I thank you for good water heaters. God, I thank you for sewer systems that work well together. God, I thank you for this shower. Just began thanking him, developing a grateful heart in the midst of taking a shower that was horrible. To this day, to this day, I still do that. That was back in 1999. When I get in the shower, I say, yeah, I did it this morning. God, I thank you for sewer systems that work well. God, I thank you for water heaters that work well. I thank you that I've got clean running water, God. I've developed this grateful heart. Anyway, so the sewer started to come up, you know, um, in the floorboards of the kitchen, and that's when we realized we had a problem. I, we, we were smelling stuff, obviously, but <clears throat> I thought, this can, go, <clears throat> this can go really bad. I can complain and go down that road, or I can begin to praise God. You have to develop a grateful heart. And so, in closing, I mean, I still have a few minutes here, that in developing a grateful heart, in developing a giving heart and a grateful heart, it takes time to develop that because things in life will happen to you. Amen? Just this past week, my uh, vintage pickup truck, you might have seen in the news, was stolen. Stolen from the repair shop. It was, it was taken there to be fixed. And, um, and so, <laughs> needless to say, I wasn't real happy. And uh, <clears throat> so I thought, okay, this can go either really bad, Daniel, or it can go really good. So I remember I, I thought, I'm taking myself out to my prayer house. I went out to my prayer house. I got on my knees and I said, God, God, I thank you. And Lord, I choose to forgive this man or woman, whoever it is that stole it. I release them to you right now by an act of my free will. God, if they don't know you, I pray that they come to you. I began to, to have a grateful heart, a generous heart. I didn't have to give forgiveness, right? I didn't have to be generous in that respect. I didn't have to be grateful. Well, I needed to. Because otherwise it could go really bad, right? 
We've all been down that road. You know, start complaining about stuff. And it never turns out good when you start complaining. It never turns out good when God tells you to give something and you refuse to do it. It never turns out good when you don't have a grateful heart. The reason God wants us to deal with a selfish heart, he wants us to deal with a grieving heart, he wants us to develop a generous heart and develop a grateful heart is because he so much wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. God has so many blessings in store for each one of you. If you could only see that, if you could only imagine the depth and the width of the blessings of the things that God has in store for you, promotions at work, better jobs, better vehicles, better home, better salary, better friends, healing. God wants to bless you so much, but it's all about the heart. Amen? Because God is continually looking at our heart and he will test our heart. Amen? So again, I'll go back to don't be surprised if during this next week a test pops up and you will hear this sultry sound in my voice (laughs) saying, first comes the professing, then comes the testing. It's all about the heart. A selfish heart isn't blessed. A grieving heart isn't blessed. But a generous heart is blessed and a grateful heart is blessed. Amen? Did you get anything out of this this morning? I believe you did. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I want to pray for you this morning because um, we're about to wrap things up here. The worship team's coming back up. We're going to have the prayer team out here. But I, I just want to pray for you right now. We serve a great God. <clears throat> Amen? We serve a great God, a mighty God. And John 10.10 10 says that the thief comes for this reason, to kill, to steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you what? Life, and life more abundantly. So Father God, right now, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I speak blessings over your people. Those that are hearing me in this auditorium, those that are hearing and receiving online, God, I speak blessing over them, that they receive the blessings that you have in store for them, that they walk in the fullness of all the goodness that you have for them, Father God, in the days ahead, God, that you want to to bestow upon them manifold blessings because that's the kind of God you are. God, you want them to be the head and not the tail. You want them to be first and not last. You want them blessed coming in and going out. You want them blessed in the city, blessed, blessed in the field, blessed in their basket, blessed in their storehouse. So God, extend your hand of blessing upon them, even right now. We give you the praise for that, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.